This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, back with another bonus episode, nameless bonus episode with everybody's favorite author, David Dennis Jr. The Movement Made Us, great book. I'm working my way through it. You should do the same. And you're author of a new podcast coming out soon, correct? Yeah, we we're working we're working on it. It's not it's not till next year, oh, so we got a little. Oh, it's top secret. Okay, top gotcha. to, total top secret thing that we got going on here, which is why uh, you know I have I sound I probably sound a little bit better to everybody. We have we're, we're a little bit more official right now. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. nice also, today's my dad's birthday. Speaking of the book, so shout out to my dad. By the time you guys hear this, which one is it? It is. Uh, he's eighty two. Damn. Black man made it to 82. That's pretty impressive. I think the life yes, expectancy indeed. is like 69. <laughs> 70. Yeah, he's like got a whole he's like a whole teenager above the life expectancy. Yeah. So shout out to dad. Happy birthday to him. Um uh, yeah. You didn't you didn't congrat you didn't mention my I, I gave you a better gif this morning, text you text oh, you Booker you did, T a black did. wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Which does that mean? I don't know if that's better. I don't know if that's better. It's, He's uh, five times, five times, five times. <laughs> I, I so I was out of wrestling by the time. Like I, I know who Booker T is, but I was out of wrestling by the time Booker T was around. I assume he played on racial tropes because wrestling. But <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it was Booker T a legitimate black wrestler, or was he like performing some uh, some version of blackness that? Uh, was uncomfortable. So he had to get through the storm first. He had okay. to get through the storm of uh he was originally uh walking out with a, a colonel, I forgot colonel's name, but he they were supposed to be like in chains coming out to the oh, ring. Oh no with the white guy bringing them in. They were supposed to be uh he did start as GI Bro. No. But but he made he made it through. We got King Booker out of that. We got world championships out of that. We got some some greatness. It's all about it's all about the um the racist tropes we meet along the way. <laughs> Had to pay them racist trope dues before right. he could be something else. All right, what you got for us today, man? Uh, this is about um not racial tropes at all. It's about uh you know your your brother and your fraternity of uh former NFL players. Uh, somebody who, uh, because of that, I'm I'm sure you love deeply and dearly, and will support no matter what. Uh, somebody here out in Georgia, his name is Herschel Walker, Ugh, uh, who I, gracious. you know, who uh, had his first debate um, last week. He didn't show up to the one over the weekend, but uh, during the debate, he wanted to make sure that he was not impersonating a police officer, so he pulled out a badge that looked like it was from the Dollar Tree to oh show that um, I am have worked with uh, police officers, which I think is his direct quote. <laughs> I can't. So the Herschel stuff is like every emotion or every negative emotion, because like it feels like he's being used. Mm -hmm. um, it also feels like someone who's used to the spotlight has been out of it for a long time and is like willing to do whatever to get that attention. And I mean, also, maybe he believes in some of the things he's doing, but it feels like not. It feels like the uh, like Republican establishment is very much saying, like, we just can't lose this seat. <laughs> like, right. we recognize that this guy is not a serious politician and then put on top of it, like the brain injury stuff, his son being upset. Like, this is so like 
all types of sad and uncomfortable and also funny at the same time. I don't know how to feel about it. I have a couple friends who obviously played at Georgia and the same way you were taking shots at me. Oh yeah. They get texts all the time. <laughs> get your mans, get your mans Herschel. Yeah. I mean, it is, yeah, it's all the bad emotions. Like I try to, you know, there are real serious stakes here. Like the mm-hmm. idea that, that Herschel Walker could is almost neck and neck with like an actual competent human being um, is baffling to me uh, that, you know, he has run on uh, very strict abortion policies. And then like there is a new baby of the week. There's an abortion of the week for Herschel Walker and a new child of the week every time, let alone all the domestic violence things. His own son is saying that they had to flee from him. And this dude is still, you know, in this thing, which is really depressing for a lot of levels. And, you know, they are also playing into this football hero. Like they are playing into this dude. Like that cannot be taking you that far. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like football cannot be doing that. Name recognition goes a long way. And he's a recognizable name. But it seems quite clear that the, um, the, the ugly parts of politics are like no longer in the back rooms. And everyone's very open about, yeah, we just can't lose the seat. We don't care what he says or what he does, but like we we need this seat. And that's really unfortunate to get to the point where it's no longer about putting someone in in a position to that could help even you, let alone other people. But like right. whoever and we're not uh, I'm not a Georgia resident. I actually got text messages because I lived in Georgia for a little bit when I um, played for the Falcons. Um, telling me to to register to vote. And it's like, uh, I don't know where y'all got my number from, but I ain't been in Georgia and I mean, damn near. No, they are texting everybody. They are. I get texts. And then what they're doing is they're texting me from my like my Mississippi, like a Mississippi yeah. area code. And they're like, hey, just making sure. And it's like, yes, I'm 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 doing this like whatever you need, please. Mississippi speaking before we go, I, I learned this over the weekend. Do you know where Ole Miss got the name Ole Miss and why we don't call it University of Mississippi or Mississippi University? Well, Ole Miss, uh, the, it was a, a black guy was the mascot, uh, or it was based on a black guy who I believe was blind, um, which is what Colonel uh, Colonel Rev, Colonel Reb, the rebel, was uh, at Ole Miss. There is a long history of nothing good happening from Ole Miss, which, by the way, uh, shout out to them. I'll be at the University of Mississippi next week reading my book. So that'll be <laughs> that'll be interesting. But I, but like growing okay. up, Ole well, Miss I, was yeah. Go go ahead. Good. You 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 are a traditional uh, adult man when you don't know the answer to a question. You can't just say I don't know. You just, right. you just pr- throw some other facts out there that nobody <laughs> asked for. <laughs> but, uh, I just googled it to make sure that I wasn't wrong. Um, the term originated as a title domestic slaves used to distinguish mm-hmm. the mistress of a plantation from the young missus. So yeah. that is how they got Ole Miss. University by name Ole Miss was first used in 1897 when it won a, when they won a contest for suggestions of a yearbook title. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I mean, and I and I still, I you know, I still call it Ole Miss. That's how I grew up calling it. Yeah. So I'm trying to like change that. But it has been always been 
a terrifying place. It's, it's about three hours north of Jackson, so I was never really there. I went for a couple of things that they, you know, I was supposed to go visit to maybe go to college there, and I was like, absolutely not. I was always confused on how they would get any high-profile um, black players while they, like, because part of the visit to any team is like you go to a game, and mm-hmm. I don't understand how you go to a game and they're waving a Confederate flag and right. call themselves the Rebels and a, a, a black player with some options walk out there and like, you know the place for me? This is the place for me. But I guess there's probably a lot more to it than just that simple look. But when I was going through the recruiting process, Ole Miss wasn't recruiting me, but I just remember thinking like, hmm, uh, how does anybody say yes to that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they did. It's, a, it's always been, but I will say, that to the credit of the people there, there are a lot of folks there changing that that tradition as you as you noted, they changed the names and done all that stuff. But that place had always been growing up had been just like I, I don't know. It's almost like if there's a sports analogy, like how you have a game as a sports fan that you have always hated that you lost that you keep going back to, you know, like you like the Falcons would be like 28-3 like for the rest of their lives. Like Oxford growing up was always like the Civil War. Ah, like we could have had, you know, like that's how I felt about Oxford. Like there was a longing, like a wish that they had that one back. And, you know, it was always terrifying. But like I said, I'll be there next week. There are a lot of folks there I trust who are, you know, turning things on on the right on the right path. But, yeah, there's a lot lot going on at at Ole Miss. And let you go on a positive note. What professional football team do you root for or do you root for one? So I've always been a Saints fan. I was oh. born in Louisiana, you know, oh. raised in Mississippi. I know you played for the. No, no, no. I was. I just wanted. I wanted to end on a positive note. And oh yeah, that's absolutely that's not the a wrong question. Note. That's ab- <laughs> that's absolutely not a positive note because uh, uh, it's it's down bad in in Nola. Everybody's hurt, uh, and James Winston is not that. You know, not the guy. Does it's Davidson bad. have a football team? Davidson has a football team, which and they doing, won this weekend, right? I believe so. Davidson football is doing has has been traditionally doing well uh, the last few years. Um, but you know, obviously, I hang my hat on our uh, our basketball team and our NBA, uh, you know, prospects, the people who've come out and uh, been you know playing the NBA from Davidson. Your buddy, your best friend. Oh yeah. Uh, Stephen Wardell, Stephen Curry, double no zeros. Um, yeah, so that that's what I that's what I, I try to ignore football season, especially now. But the Saints, you know, like the Saints winning the Super Bowl in two thousand nine was like one of the top seven moments of my entire life, and Great. I will hold on to that forever. Seven's a weird number. We'll have to get your top seven moments next time. I just want the top seven moments of your life next time. All right, so I got, it, I got it, I got it. Work it out for me. All right, brother. Four appreciate of them involve cinnamon rolls, I think. So. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you. All right, brother. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. 
ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. All right, welcome in my good friend Sheila Matthews, culture host and producer at Anscape, an all-around young, cool person who keeps me abreast of what's popping. So, welcome. Thank you. I like the young still. You know, I turned 27 recently, so I feel like I'm knocking on 30, so I don't... No, you're not knocking on 30. Three more years to go. And I feel like this is the thing that I get into with people often is when I say I'm old, um, people are like, you're not that old. You're only 39 or whatever. And then I explain to them, like, no. It's not like when you're 5, 6, 7, 8 to 16 where your age actually matters. Like, when I say young or old, it's on your lifestyle. Like, I've already had a whole career I'm and retired from it and started a whole nother one. I got three kids and I'm married. So it don't matter what my birth certificate says. I'm old. And you are young, unmarried, no kids, and like 27. So yeah, you're young as hell. Your life is young as hell and cool as hell. You know how I know that is how far in advance do you have to plan anything that you want to do? Like you could you could up and do something tomorrow. Not me. That's two weeks of planning. I can't. I can like do something in 30 minutes if I wanted to. I have no, <laughs> not even a pet. Like I have nothing. It's just me. <laughs> That's so young and outstanding. All right. So what you got for us today, youngster? We're going to talk music because that's what's been happening for the last week. Everything involving music has been trending on Twitter. Um, so let's start with Drake and The Weeknd. They're not submitting for the Grammys this year. They're over it. They don't care about the recognition anymore. Yeah, I mean, OK, I, the Grammys have been problematic for a long time for a number of reasons. Like I, I always obviously I grew up in the 90s and when hip hop was starting to like really take over. And the Grammys was not recognizing anybody and also recognizing the wrong people. I feel like, was it a couple years ago when Macklemore won over Kendrick Lamar or something like that? It's just that had to be like a miscount. I don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, I honestly lost faith in the Grammys when Return of the Mac never won because that's the best song in the history of songs to me. So when that never won, I'm like, is this really an institution I can support? I don't know. Does it matter? So I guess um, Drake in the weekend don't need the Grammys at this point, but are the Grammys still like, I mean, they have to be, there's still something that like, if you win a Grammy being a Grammy award winning artist, like your touring fee or whatever has to go up and you probably get more streams. So I guess they don't care, but I'm a young artist. I, I want somewhere to go. Is something replacing the Grammys? Uh, honestly, probably not. I haven't seen anything replace the Grammys. A lot of people don't show up to award shows in general, but I do think this is a bold move coming from people who are very established in their career. Like we let Drake get away with the house music album. At this point, like he doesn't need the Grammys. He doesn't need much. He's Drake. He's already established that. And the same for the weekend. He's on the Super Bowl show. So like, do you really need a Grammy? Probably not. But to your point, the younger ones do. It helped Doja a lot once she was seen on that stage and seen on that platform. And it kind of gives you some notoriety. So I get it, not supporting it because they don't support us, but. A. A Super Bowl show. I like how you didn't call it the halftime. You just called it a Super Bowl show. 
Um, and and B, how do we feel about Doja right now? Like I I've I've heard a couple things about her that suggest that we don't like Doja anymore. Is that is that are we still anti Doja? Are we pro Doja or we just ignore her? What do how do we feel about her? You know, I can't quite keep up with cancel culture. I will admit, okay. Doja has had some interesting moments in the past. Well, just I think- speak for you, how, or as a Doja fan, because I'm just going to copy the things that you say and say them to in front of my daughter, so she thinks I'm cool. So, um, do you like her music, or is I love her music. She's unapologetic as a person and in her music. She's a crossover artist who I can't quite pinpoint. Is she a rapper? Is she a singer? Is she a performer? She's all of the above, but we love that nowadays. Okay, cool. If you, if you like Doja, then I like Doja. All right. What else you got for me? Uh, Usher at his birthday party, he brought all the stars out. He serenaded Issa Rae. That was a fun video to watch because she's married. She was looking like, oof. This is only like two years earlier, but aside from that, he gave Chris Brown his flowers on stage, calling him a legend, which made me think, what makes people legendary in this new generation of music? I Chris Brown's earned, yes, every title, aside from some mistakes that he's made, but what do you think makes these young artists legendary? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's just, you can't be a young artist. You have to, I think part of being legendary is like the longevity. I think is it. And I think that's what um, Chris Brown, I guess, if he gets it. So I've never been a big Chris Brown friend. And obviously, like he beat up Rihanna, which was awful. <laughs> but I mean, the the talent is undeniable. It doesn't uh, you 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 cringe when I said I've never been a Chris Brown fan, but I feel like it missed me. I was too old. And also too, um, too masculine to be like, you know, because I feel like Chris Brown's early career stuff was like aimed at like teenage girls. Right. I mean, kind of. His first album cover was like Straight Outta Harlem Nights. Like, I think he had that oh. mix. It was aimed at teenage girls. But some of his music was a little I feel like the men can relate. It was about falling yeah. in love. Probably. Yeah. I think I, I think I just missed it. Like, there's a lot of culture that I just missed because I was like focused on on uh football i guess but yeah i think i was also it's like yeah I, when i was going to the club back when i was like in my 20s there was a lot of chris brown p- playing and a lot of people trying to imitate his dances right no I, i'm wrong did i make that up i mean i wasn't old enough to go to the club when you were so i don't quite know if chris brown was playing in there <laughs> rub it in let me see let me google this chris brown hits you have to Google his hits, Dominique. I'm just, no, I'm Googling it so I know the time period because I'm imagining that Chris Brown, yeah, like 2007, he had hits, yeah. 2011, yeah. So yeah, I, 2005, I was like 12, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not weird for me to say that Chris Brown was, uh, had some, some, some club bangers when I was young. And the longevity, I think, makes you a legend. It's one of those things. It's a surprise that we don't have as many debates because it's like a sports debate, you know, where there is no real answer because, because the word is arbitrary. Like, what is a legend? What is a, a all time great? Who's the goat? Like, there is no right answer. So I think the longevity and then his last album, just like his last effort, just flop in general. Don't no no no. It's some it's no. some hits on there. It's Whoa, some hits. I'm not it's asking if they're no 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 no. They're not. They can't be hits. They can't be hits if it flopped. And it, okay, he releases too many songs. That's his problem. Like, you really can't go gold, gold, platinum, silver with 50 tracks. We're not listening to that. But, like, the first five, they're pretty solid. Okay, cool. All right, enough Chris Brown. You got anything else for me? 
Yeah, Meek Mill sounded like he oh was at Deaf Poetry Jam, but it was really Robert Kraft's <laughs> wedding. I'm so, so confused as oh, to what that, happened there. That wedding in general seemed like, I mean, Tom Brady showed up, even though he had a game uh, in a couple of days. Uh, Robert Kraft is, I guess, doing with what any rich billionaire who's single would do is marrying way out of his age bracket, which I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge. Love is love. Who am I to say that you can't find love <laughs> with a multi-generational gap? Nothing wrong with that. Good for you, Robert. He's a good dude. I mean, aside from that, all those bizarre happenings you mentioned, Meek Mill accompanied by Ed Sheeran. And did you see it though? <laughs> did you? It was like a spoken word that goes into dreams and nightmares. And I'm like... Oh. Who picked this? Like, who approved this? Yeah, and Meek, um, like, the Eagles Super Bowl, like, Meek was, like, the soundtrack of that run, which the Eagles beat uh, the Patriots. But I guess Meek's relationship with the Crafts is, like, through the prison reform stuff and through Michael Rubens and, like, all that stuff. So I guess that's a – it is a weird thing to be, like – someone had to ask him to do that, I guess. Because that's what I'm more interested in is how did this come to happen? Because I assume that Meek Mill has a good enough judgment to be like, nah, I don't want to do this. So I, must have paid him. I, I don't quite put a lot of judgment calls past that's me. That's fair. Honestly. That's fair. Good point. As we just talked about, <laughs> he ended up locked up for dirt bike riding and stuff. So maybe his judgment is great. But do you think he was like, I got, I want to do something for to celebrate this occasion or someone came to him and was like can you do something to celebrate this occasion i think you know how it's like you're at somebody's party or something and they're like remarks does anyone have remarks and no one stands up so they start tapping people it felt like that because it didn't seem rehearsed he had to start it over at sheeran had to get on beat he was struggling it was just a lot going on and he had a line that was like you gave me your time when i was doing time so for that i want to give you my time and i'm like it, it didn't even rhyme. Like it was no, but I don't know what was happening. He's a better lyricist than that is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, well, it's been a fun run through what's happening in pop culture. I appreciate it. Anything you want to plug before I let you get up out of here? Um, Just make sure you follow Anscape on all social channels at Anscape and check out the latest episode of Logged In featuring ridiculousness is Philo Brim. So that was a fun episode to do. Can't wait. I will check it out immediately. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.